Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Pirates took Paul Skeens with the first pick in the draft Sunday. Did they get it right? We'll discuss. Is it realistic to expect the Pirates to be contenders next season? We'll talk to Aaron Bechtel from BucksDugout.com for his take. Major League Baseball has reached the All-Star break. What are the biggest surprises, disappointments, or stories from the season so far? We'll each provide one. I'm Bob Anderson. I'm Dave Glass. And I'm Dave Herzing. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go under review on Connect FM, your only local news radio. All right, guys, it feels good to have the gang back together again. D, I'll just let you say it. Being back is the best. <laughs> I knew it was coming. It's How the are best. you? How's the summer going for you? It's going great, Bob. Thanks for asking. I've been busy uh, helping coach the 11U All-Stars. We're actually getting set to go to sectionals. We automatically qualify for sectionals because there's not an 11U are not enough 11U teams, so we're heading up to Fairview, which is outside of Erie, this weekend. Uh, Friday's our first game, and then we'll play Friday and Saturday. So we're looking forward. Good group of kids, good coaches, really excited to start. Yeah, it is the season for baseball. Dave, I know you've been busy oh. pumping and radioing and staying busy yeah very busy you've heard uh, me and bob here right on connect fm doing some little league games uh there's some chance maybe we will be doing one tomorrow night well speaking of baseball uh sunday was a big night for the pirates and they made a um they they settled the debate the big cruise skeins debate we had that debate last week dave uh um, they took the towering right-handed pitcher, hopefully to be the future ace of the team. I wanted you guys to take a quick listen to some audio here, and then we'll react on the other side. With the first pick of the 2023 MLB draft, the Pittsburgh Pirates pick Paul Skeens, right-handed pitcher from LSU. Wow, so there you have it. Paul Skeens, number one to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jay Johnson, head coach of LSU, tell us why the Pirates got this right. It's a transformational player and a transformational person. This is the number one pick in the draft, and rightfully so, and he's a better person than he is a pitcher. It's a fastball up to 102. He averages 98. He suffocates the zone with it. Slider was spectacular. Change-up's legit. Absolute winner. Couldn't have made a better decision. I, I think it's a perfect pick. Look, this tells you a lot about where the Pirates see themselves. They know they are knocking on the door of completely turning this franchise around. This is a ace. This is a franchise turner. This is a perfect pick in my mind for the Pirates. Congratulations, Ben. No doubt. All right, so was it a perfect pick, guys? Well, it's too early to tell if it's a perfect pick. I mean, well, ask me in five years if it was a perfect <laughs> pick. But, I mean, I can't go against what I said last week. I wouldn't have taken the pitcher. But if you're going to take a pitcher, you might as well take the 6'6 guy who throws 100 miles an hour and doesn't have that much wear and tear on his arm. I actually love the pick. I couldn't have been any happier. Uh, the Buccos are not a franchise that's going to pay for any legitimate ace. You look at the contracts that these aces are getting in Major League Baseball, it's it's absurd. Um, Verlanders and Scherzers and DeGroms and all these guys, the Pirates just aren't there and they're never going to be there. So to be able to get a guy that's going to come right out of college, um, he's going to be ready he could be their number two next year, if Keller, especially if Keller continues to pitch the way he's pitching. Um, they've asked a lot of different major league players if they feel that he has enough stuff to strike out batters and, and get after guys in the pros. Guys like Freddie Freeman said he's able to do it, so I'll take their word for it. 
Well, if he's striking out, what, 220 pitchers this season, or batters in, in 122 innings compared to, what, 19 or 20 walks, um, 45% strikeout rate. So I'm pretty excited about that. He routinely eclipsed 100 miles per hour in one game against Tennessee in the World Championship, I think, he was, or uh, uh, playoffs. He, he threw like 46 pitches over 100 miles per hour. So, and I know, Dave, you're worried about the, the all, injury. All that concerns. says to me is it's only a matter of time till his UCL pops. I mean, the, the number of pitchers who throw that hard who haven't had that surgery is a very, very small list. And I kind of wish, and I hate to say this, but he would have had it pop two years ago, so he'd just have that out of the way. Not to say it can't happen again. There's plenty of major league pitchers who've had it twice, but I just, I just can't see him getting to age 26 without going under the knife and us losing a season and a half to a surgery. Well, I, I will say that one thing, he doesn't have the mileage on him. Uh, you know, he was a relief pitcher for the for Air Force. He only has one, you know, big season on his resume there. And, of course, it was a great season. My fear, though, was that they weren't going to take one of the LSU players. Uh, there was a lot of rumors that they might take Wyatt Langford from Florida or the, the high school kid, Max Clark, and and with the Pirates, I'm just never quite sure what they're going to do. Now give them credit. They did not play the underslot game. I mean, you, you and I talked about it. It, it seemed to be that it was got to had to be uh, one Skeens or Cruz. So that's fine. You know, they, they, they made their best. They took their best shot at that. And so I'll give them full marks for for being aggressive and not trying to take the cheap way out. Because, hey, hey, look, Skeens is going to get paid. We know that. So that's fine. You know, the thing is, you look at injuries, any of these players, you look at a guy like Bryce Harper, you look at a, someone, he's he's a guy that's been injured a lot. I mean, position players get hurt as well. And granted, it's not as catastrophic as, you know, a, a pitcher having to undergo that type of surgery. But look at O'Neill Cruz. Pirates had a lot of stock in him, and he didn't know how to slide, so he's he's not coming back until later this summer. Um, I, I really think uh, it does set them up very well for the next few years because if you're going to win a World Series, you have to have pitching, period. Pitching beats hitting every single time. Well, along that point, D, I don't know if you saw what they did after that. It's not like they took Skeens and said, well, well that's enough pitching. Mm-hmm. Nine of their yes. first 11 picks were pitchers. I thought they'd take some arms, but that just blew my mind. I mean, they have stocked up on the arms. Yeah, 14 of their 21 draft picks were, were pitchers. Uh, they could have maybe the best one-two punch since, what, the days of Francisco Lariano and uh, Garrett Cole, maybe. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Maybe. I mean, you look at look at what Garrett Cole did when he was there, the excitement that he brought to PNC Park when he stepped on the mound. Um, I, I saw Strasburg pitch when he was down at Altoona. They sold out for Steven Strasburg. I mean, that's, that's the type of player Paul Skeens is. His coach said that Paul Skeens is like Max Scherzer with the preparation of a Navy SEAL. So I don't know how much you know higher praise you can heap on someone. I just I, the, the comparisons to Strasburg scare me because Strasburg his career is essentially over because yeah, his right. of injuries, but he did get them to a World Series. And I will say everybody's talking about how he's a better person than he is a player. We heard that from the LSU reporter last week. That did catch my eye, and we've heard a lot of that. And, and he it, he's apparently such a real thinking man's pitcher. I think that'll serve him well too. So uh, you know that's that's good. Well, before we move off the draft, did you guys see that we had a local guy that was drafted? Well, yeah, Justin. Justin he's going to be thrown out yep, the first, first pitch at eight o'clock tonight. tonight. Oh wow! Yeah, yep. How about that? Yeah, so he was uh, taken by the Pirates with in the 16th round, uh, six foot, 195 pounder from Kent State. Um, he played 159 games in three seasons there and had a 319 batting average with 20 home runs. So I guess the Pirates, hey, 
Why not take the local guy? Well, here's the thing. He's got two things going for him as I see it. Number one, he's a catcher. Everybody's looking for catchers. Okay. Number Are they going to let him catch? Wow, he he's pretty good defensively. I think you know, and it's not. I know what you're getting at with Davis. You know, Davis actually caught an inning the other day. But um, the other thing is, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm sure somebody would correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he's a left-handed batter. And if that's the case, a left-handed batting catcher is like a unicorn. There aren't that many of those around. And if he can hit even a little bit and play good defense, there's a place in the major leagues for you know good defense, lefty batting catchers. So he had, for a 16th round pick, he has a chance. But as we know. Teams are always going to prioritize those high draft picks, those 10th, 12th, 15th round guys. They're going to have to really stand out from the crowd. So he's got his work ahead of him. But you know what? To even get drafted is a huge honor and, and such kudos to him. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever seen that kid play, all he does is hit the ball. I mean, he's a, he's one of the best players this area has ever seen, and he's a first-class kid. I mean, I, all of us, I'm sure, wish him nothing but the best. Um, but you're right, Dave. You don't want to discredit anything or be a comp. He's actually was drafted before. The Orioles got him, and then he went back to Kent State. Um, but uh, he, I, I think the kid's got a ways to go. I mean, he'll maybe play West Virginia, play high, you know, down at Bradenton, high A for a little while in Greensboro, and then you know it'll be several years before he he sees PNC Park. And let's let's hope he does because that'd be a tremendous thing for him. It's all going to be about the bat. Yep. All oh, right. Yeah. Well, with the Skeens edition, guys, I'm getting off. Op- I mean, I'm optimistic by nature, but to me, <laughs> this this is exciting. For, you know, for the Pirates, and and a lot of people are saying, well, I guess the ownership is saying that next year is their target year to be a contender. Do you guys see them as maybe a contender next year? Maybe a team that can squeak into a wild card spot? Well, Absolutely, well, of course. Um, yeah, Andy Rodriguez is, is coming up. He'll be up soon. Uh, Davis, there'll be a nice platoon there. Hedges will be gone because he signed to a one-year deal, which thank goodness he's yeah. batting below the Mendoza line for the entire season, which is just terrible. Boy, but he can frame pitches, though, they, they, they keep saying, which I don't understand. That, <laughs> that was my get lost. Or that, no, that was Dave's. That I was my get yeah, lost it's last just, week. It's, yeah. just, it's terrible to watch. You know, he's just terrible at the plate. But um, – if Skeens does what he they say he can do, and you've got Keller, I'll tell you what, you look at that division as it stands right now, St. Louis is a tire fire. I mean, Cincinnati is the team, obviously, to watch in the division, which who would have thought that? But uh, the Pirates are right there. If you've been watching the Pirates, yeah, they've, they've played some bad baseball, but they've had some stretches, other obviously, the first month of the season aside. They've played some good stretches of baseball, too, so there's little glimmers on that team. Well, I... Look, do I think next year is the right year to target? Yes. I mean, we're, we're, they've also got Quinn Priester coming, yeah. another good starter. I mean, they can put the pieces together. They're going to have to open up the, the, the vault a little bit and go get another bat. I mean, I just don't think they need that one guy. And I think O'Neill Cruz is part of that answer. It's really a shame that we lost him. I think that's really a big part of their their struggles. But, man, so you look in the, down in the, in the middle to bottom part of their order, they're just not getting it done. And I want to point out, and, and I know you're the eternal optimist and we all were excited, but they started 20-8, and eight, all right? They have gone 21-48 and 48 since then. That is right there with the worst teams in the league. Now, you can say maybe they aren't this bad, they weren't that good, but the bottom line is for two, we saw one month of good and two months of pretty horrific baseball, especially that there were a few games there. They just couldn't hit their way out of a paper bag. And the pitching's going to help, and I, I do think there's, there's a lot of potential, but they're going to have to add a couple more pieces. I'll tell you what will help, I think, is when Choi comes back. <laughs> I mean, because seriously. He's back, right? I, I, he had I don't home think... run the other oh, day. Oh, yeah, he is? Oh, I thought he was back. Yeah. I thought he was back. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he they was They activated him right before because they put 
uh, Hayes right back on the DL game oh, after he yeah, played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> He's back, and he being is back, back is the best. That's right. No, but it, it, over the <laughs> over the course of the second half of the season, you know, they're going to have a good platoon over at first with Santana and Choi. So I mean, one of them can hit righties and one of them can hit lefties. So it'd be a decent match. I could know. see one or both of them being gone. Yeah, though, trade, trade the one that's one. hot. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So uh, in our next segment, we're going to continue to look at the Pirates' future and their present by bringing in Austin Bechtold from the Bucks Dugout blog site. We'll talk to him next as we continue under review on Connect FM, your only local news radio. Here we go again. The same old story. You ordered to part online. It's wrong when it arrives. The car is torn apart and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment. The kids need to, you know the rest of the story. And you think you save money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Climber. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer, like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair, where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Cloudy skies tonight with a chance for isolated thunderstorms. Lows level off around 64. Southerly winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Isolated thunderstorms likely tomorrow. Daytime highs approaching 86. Cloudy skies with a few peaks of sun. Isolated thunderstorms again tomorrow night. Lows level off around 64. Overcast skies. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 74. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back to Under Review. I'm Bob Anderson, and they are Dave Glass and Dave Herzing. The Pirates, as we were saying, they're, they're, we feel like maybe on the verge of something good here, and uh, drafting Paul Skeens doesn't hurt. But let's see what our next guest has to say about all that. Austin Bechtold covers the Pirates on the Bucks dugout and joins the show. Thanks for coming on, Austin. How are you? I'm doing great. Really appreciate you having me on. Well, we appreciate you coming on. What was your reaction to the Pirates' selection of Paul Skeens with that first pick on Sunday? You know, I loved it, and... You know, the Pirates and really every team that wants to make a deep run, whether it's for a division title, whether it's for the postseason, and when it eventually gets that way for the Pirates, which who knows how far that could be down the road, has a dominant starting pitcher, has somebody that you know can go out there and get the job done for you, whether it be starting, going seven innings, closing the game out in the eighth or the ninth, which is how modern-day playoff baseball is, 
people remember the 2014-2015 teams, the wild card games at PNC Park when Madison Bumgarner shut down the Bucks in 14. Jake Arrieta, interdivision matchup against the Cubs, did that in 2015. Paul Skeens, ideally for the Pirates, can be a similar type of pitcher. If there were rumors, were the Pirates going to go under slots, like somebody like Max Clark, the high school outfielder, maybe go with Wyatt Langford, the outfielder from Florida, who hit a home run in the College World Series finale against LSU. But coming down to the end, it had to be one of the two LSU guys. And, you know, for me, it was originally Cruz, Cruz the whole entire way after the Pirates won the draft lottery, that he was somebody that the Pirates should target and look through the whole way. But as Keynes continued to just show his effectiveness, he can throw 100 miles an hour with ease. The way that he commands himself on the mound, he's a, he was a leader at LSU. And when you have 209 strikeouts and 122 innings, I mean, how do you pass up that guy? That's why so many people have said he's a generational talent and he might be somebody to compare to Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg. I love the pick. Well, what do you? My, my um, co-host here across from me, he is a little more skeptical. Dave, you'll you'll hear from him next. He's worried about uh, the potential for injury, and you know when you throw that hard, you know you might throw out your elbow eventually, and it's bound to happen. What do you say to skeptics? Yeah, I, I think that's very fair because when you're talking about a guy that's throwing upper nineties, consistently hitting hundred miles an hour there's reason to have concern that maybe there will be problems with his arm. Keynes has done well in terms of his health, not having too many injuries. He was in Air Force his first two years before transferring to LSU, and he was a catcher originally. So he did not have the wear and tear, the mileage on his arm, and he did one interview uh, that I saw leading up to the draft where he did not pitch that much early on in his high school career as well. So the mileage is not necessarily there. I'm kind of surprised that the Pirates are not shutting him down just because of the strikeout numbers that he had, the overall bulk in workload that went into his entire season. There's reasons to just be concerned for somebody that throws at that type of high velocity when you can compare it to Dylan Cruz that goes out there and can hit in the order and have a little bit lower of a risk in terms of durability and injury-wise, how he could get hurt or whatever. That's just a risk that you have to be willing to take when you take a starting pitcher, when you take a big-time arm, where risk of that, it's inevitable that eventually at some point there might be an injury, but that's the risk you got to take when the upside is this high. Well, and, and I'm, I'm the one who is skeptical. This is Dave Glass. And I, I, in, in the Pirates' defense, I feel like too many of us have gotten on their case for being too conservative. So now that they've been aggressive, even though I think I would have gone with Cruz, it's really hard for me to really get down on them too much because they could have taken the underslot route and they didn't do it. So you, you make a great point there. But I also want to talk to you a little bit about the, the rest of how the, the early part of the draft played out. It's not like they just took Skeens and called it a day with pitching. You know, they took a ton of pitchers. I think nine of the first 11 were pitchers. Um, it, that, did that surprise you that they went that heavy with pitching? Well, what really surprised me is that they went all college pitching. I think it was seven of the eight picks after the second round were all college arms for day two. And, you know, you pick, you pick guys in the draft based on who you, got, who you have at the top of your board. You don't pick based on need. It's not the NFL draft. It's not the NBA. It's not even the NHL draft. 
it's a lot different because a lot of these guys you won't see for a couple of years. Sure. Gaines might be a little bit of an exception to that. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit surprised that they went heavy arms, but if you look at it overall just the complexity of the system, they are a little bit short on pitching and pitching depth. There's Anthony Solomedo, who is in double-A and has done well and began the year in high-A. Jared Jones has been a rapid riser, somewhat of what Luis Ortiz did last year. He began the year in double-A, now is pitching somewhat well in triple-A, and he could have the potential to come up in September. So pitching that many, picking that many arms, yeah, I mean, the fact that they did not go with any outfielders or even another catcher, just anything position player-wise and just sticking specifically to the pitchers was a little bit surprising, but it, to be able to pick some of those college arms, I think, was a little bit more telling. Potentially, I wouldn't look into it that much, but just where the Pirates think they are in terms of when they can contend, and I think that's part of maybe the schemes pick, too, instead of going with a high school guy that wouldn't be here until five years from now. Well, you, you bring up a great point and something we talked about before you came on. You know, they, they think their window is probably next year. I think we here probably agree that that's at least the start of the window. I personally feel like if they're going to truly contend next year, they're going to have to find a way to get another bat. Uh, even when Cruz comes back, I feel like they're still light a bat. Do you, do you agree? Do you think they have to go out there and make a trade or maybe a, some kind of a mid-tier free agent signing? Or do you think they've got enough in-house to make it work? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple holes. There's a couple question marks. What do you keep Henry Davis in right field? What do you do with Andy? Where's Andy Rodriguez going to play? Ideally, Randy Rodriguez and Quinn Freeser are going to be here in the next week or so, two weeks. I think that'll answer some questions for Pirates fans and some that are skeptical about when this team could compete. Freeser has struggled a little bit in AAA, but he could be somebody that if you bring him up and he succeeds, you have Keller and then. What else is left? Rich Hillings is not going to be here next year. Rich Hill probably won't even be here in August. It's Who's going to be the catcher next year, either Davis or Rodriguez? And if Davis is back to catching, there's a hole in right. There's a hole at first right now. You're looking at Hayes at third, Cruz at short, Gonzalez at second, Zelensky, Reynolds in the outfield. Maybe you re-sign Santana. It's probably likely that he's going to be on the trade block as well, even though he's expressed interest in staying. You need to add, if there's anything that I would do, I like what the, I like the situation with the bats right now and even what could happen with the bench with G1 Bay. Jared Triolo might be somebody that uh, you stick on your bench as a utility guy in the infield. Josh Palacios has shown a couple of different things. Not sure he's somebody that you keep around long term. It's probably going to be that the Pirates, whether it is a trade, because you're not going to be able to go out and get somebody in free agency. And I think that's a big reason why Skeens is another reason that the pick was that the reason another reason why schemes was the pick is that the Pirates are not able to go out and sign the number one number two pitcher in free agency so schemes can potentially be that guy to pair with Mitch Keller but if you can find a three whether it be on the trade market or in free agency good teams have a number three pitcher that on other teams is a two and maybe scratching the surface of a one I do think that the window is open next year I've Coming into this year, thought that this needed to be 2012. It looked great in the middle of April. It looked okay in the middle of May. It doesn't look too great in the middle of July right now after the last couple of months have been very rocky. The 20-8 and eight start gave you a lot of hope, but now still a lot of question marks that continue to form, and I think a lot of those question marks are around the pitching. And when, when Nick Gonzalez and Henry Davis came up, there's not a lot of questions that have been answered, not a lot of problems that have been solved in terms of the bats. But I think that you definitely feel a little bit more comfortable with the state of the lineup when Cruz comes back and pair him with the other two rookies. 
Hey, you mentioned Rich Hill there a couple minutes ago. Uh, what do you think they could potentially get for him come August you know, from a team that's looking for a veteran to eat up some innings? Not much. He's probably – him and Carlos Santana are the only two likely trade yeah. candidates. You're not going to get anything for Austin Hedges. Nope. You potentially could get a lower-level minor league pitcher for Connor Joe. You're looking at Santana and Hill, and you're not going to get too much. Hill, potentially a mid-tier prospect, mid-tier pitcher, mid-tier hitter. There's just not that much value for a 43, 44-year-old left-handed starter where, yeah, he can eat up some innings for you. He could be a he could be a four. He could probably be a five. He can help you down the stretch run to be able to start some games. But when you look into the playoffs, do you see Rich Hill as somebody who can start a game for a playoff team, at least one of the top-tier playoff teams? I don't. Maybe somebody that you throw into the bullpen to be a matchup guy, but that doesn't happen as much with a three-batter minimum. No, not at all. Um, you know, we're talking about next year, and you mentioned 2012 and then 2013, 14, and 15. You know, it seems so long ago, but it feels like this this group has the, the makings of that. Um, next year, potentially, what do you, you know, obviously it's a ways off. Starting lineup, like, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, next year, kind of how I projected this year, too, is to try to have a similar path as the Orioles. And if the Pirates are in, if the Pirates are where the Orioles are, at this point next season, they would be on – Ben Charrington's on cloud nine, and Derek Shelton is having the best year of his managerial career by a mile. Because Baltimore, at this time last year, was in a somewhat similar spot at the Pirates, under 500, kind of just trying to find their own way. Pirates eight under now, and Baltimore ended up finishing right around 500, I think just a couple of games better than that. And, you know, next year you're looking at Reynolds in left, Sawinski in center, both guys probably hitting in the middle of your order. As long as Sawinski can cut down on just the slumps that he has when he goes over 30 occasionally, but then he'll come out and go, what, 18 for 32. He'll hit around 500, mash three home runs, one into the Allegheny River, and look like he's the next Harry Bond. You're probably going to have Key Brian Hayes at third. Some people have speculated with Triolo starting to play as well as he has. Do you trade? Brian Hayes, I don't think there's any way that they do that. They committed to him. They gave him a long contract. And the same thing with Brian Reynolds. You're not going to give up on either of those guys. I'm not saying that they would give up on Reynolds. Hayes has been what some of the rumors have been about. And then you're looking at Gonzalez at second, Cruz at short, Andy Rodriguez maybe at first, depending on if he's going to catch or not. Same thing with Davis. You could be looking at Andy catches maybe four days a week. Maybe Henry Davis catches a couple games. I don't know if that's very likely or if they just go with a backup. I think they want to keep Jason DeLay, and that's why they haven't screwed with any of the catchers right now, and they're sticking with just three guys on the roster. They want to keep DeLay, not uh, risk to put him through waivers because they know that somebody's going to try to claim him and that he'll be lost to the organization. And then in the top three in your rotation, I would project that probably in, uh, depending on how the Pirates start the season, middle of June you're looking at Paul Skeens, Mitch Keller, and you would hope one of Rwanda Contreras, Luis Ortiz, Johan Oviedo, and then also Quinn Priester. Austin, we got about one minute left, but uh, for us casual baseball fans who are looking ahead to the Steelers training camp in the second half of the MLB season, what is something that maybe the casual fan can get behind? Like, what is something to keep us excited about the Pirates in the second half of the season? 
O'Neill Cruz coming back, whether it be at the beginning of August, the middle of August, or the end of August, it'll make baseball in the last month and a half fun for the Pirates because of just the, the nature of how O'Neill Cruz plays the game. His speed, power, fielding availability, how he runs the bases is just sometimes must-see must TV. He kind of rivals what the Reds have in Ellie De La Cruz. And they're pretty similar players. They both play shortstop. They're tall, lengthy guys that can hit the ball a mile with great speed and and pretty solid defense. Cruz, I think, has done a lot for the Pirates to try to make people think that he could stick at shortstop. But the impact that he's had for the Cincinnati Reds, Ellie De La Cruz has been just so mammoth for that club to now be one of the contenders for the National League uh, Central Division, and for O'Neill Cruz to just come back, provide a little bit of hope for people because of just how special of a player he is. He comes back and instantly can be one of your best hitters, maybe the best hitter in your order, even though he's been out for three months. And he's just somebody that's so fun to watch. And if he's able to just go on a little bit of a run, he will definitely create excitement and have some people that are at PNC Park just be excited to see what his future really could be because we have not seen the best of him yet. All right, you can follow Austin's work on Twitter at Austin R. Bechtold and at BucksDugout.com. Thanks so much for taking the time, Austin. Hope to catch up with you again sometime. Yeah, that would be great. Really appreciate you guys having me on. Have a good one. You too. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy Mark and Cruz standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associates degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer, like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair, where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois. Here we go again. The same old story. You ordered the part online. It's wrong when it arrives. The car is torn apart and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment. The kids need to, you know the rest of the story. And you think you save money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Climber. Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports... You love extreme sports or you work in hazardous construction zones. You need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Come and strive to boys and at MyWiseEyes.com. I'm Dan Kettered, and this is your Connect FM local youth sports beat. Sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. 
We begin the local youth sports beat this week with a big congratulations and attaboy to the Tri-County area's Justin Mickness. Yesterday, Mickness was selected in the 16th round of Major League Baseball's draft by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mickness is a catcher out of Kent State University. He is a 2019 graduate of Dubois Central Catholic, and he is a former Dubois Little Leaguer. In the District 10 Little League All-Star Majors Baseball Tournament this week, on Monday, Dubois defeated St. Mary's 5-2, and with that, the Dubois All-Stars claim the District 10 Majors Championship. The Dubois All-Stars will now advance and play in the sectional tournament, which begins next week. Checking the District 10 Little League All-Star Juniors Baseball Tournament, the district tourney begins on Friday. Dubois All-Stars will play Kane. That game will be right here on Connect FM. Brockway is going to play Smithport Mount Jewett and Punxsutawney in the opening round will face Johnsonburg. The Little League All-Star Senior State Baseball Tournament is being played in Dubois. Tuesday night, the District 10 champion Dubois Senior All-Stars played Upper Moreland and shut them out 11 to nothing. Dubois now advances in the winner's bracket and will be playing Downingtown. That game will be at 8 o'clock tonight. And that game as well will be right here on Connect FM. That's this week's local youth sports beat. It's sponsored by Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons and Dr. Greg Lineski. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. Well, guys, I feel like we, you know, we're just talking about our predictions for the MLB season, and here we are halfway through the season already. It's the All-Star break, and and really it's a time to reflect at this point as we uh, before we move ahead to the second half of the season. So um, I thought we would take a look back at some of the maybe the big surprises, the big stories, and the big disappointments from the first half of the season. So uh, Dave, why don't you start us off there? What do you think? Well, I mean, there's individual surprises and disappointments. There's team surprises and disappointments. I mean, the Cardinals have to be one of the biggest disappointments. They're never this bad. I mean, you go back 30 years, they just don't have losing seasons, and they're probably going to have a losing season. So yeah, from I a team I, perspective, I would pick them as a disappointment. I think all of us picked them to win the NL Central. Yeah, that's the obvious Vegas pick. Vegas picked them. I mean, the, for goodness sake. The the uh, the surprise pick, in, and I'll stick in the division, has to be Cincinnati. Nobody. And I don't even think Cincinnati people thought that they'd be in first place at the All-Star break. And it comes back to the – uh, the guy that, that our guest was just talking about, Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, that that kid is electric. He's 21 years old, and there's nothing he can't do. He stole three bases in, in one at bat the other day. Yeah, I what, mean, that pitches. just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. That never happens. You, watch, you can watch baseball for 10 years and not see something like that. So that, that's pretty special. Um, my, It's not a surprise. Um, I got lucky this year. What, my television provider, I was able to get the MLB Extra Innings package for free. So I've been able to watch Shohei Atani. I, other than the the afternoon games or something or a marquee game on ESPN was really the only time you were able to watch them. Um, I've watched a lot of baseball in my life. I've never, ever seen a baseball player like him. He's a unicorn, dude. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's 
I really, if you're out there listening and you haven't watched Shohei Otani pitch or hit the ball, watch him. There, I've never seen a player better. My modern day player that I've said was the best I've ever seen hit was Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds to me should be in the Hall of Fame. That's a whole other story. Otani, what he's doing at the plate, but also on the mound, is truly extraordinary. I mean, you look at his stats, and they are so far beyond what everybody else is doing in Major League Baseball. And it's gonna you're going to see that with his contract. They're saying he, he could be the first $600 million man in baseball. And they're saying that actually could be a bargain. Hmm. Yeah, it's hard to quantify because, you know, he's, he's, he's an MVP level as a hitter and a pitcher. So... <laughs> It's like you're getting two players for one. You really are, as long as his, his arm holds up. I mean, that's yeah. here again. If he gets hurt, he's still a great hitter. So that's the other thing that kind of gives you a little bit. If you do sign on a big contract and maybe he can't pitch because he blows out his elbow, well, maybe he can still DH. So you're still going to get some value. So, yeah. But I have to mention this, uh, D. You know, they have... Otani, who's a unicorn and one of the most outstanding individual players ever. They've had Trout, who up until this year has been outstanding. And they're 1-9 in their last 10, and they're 45-46 and 46 and going nowhere, as usual. They yeah. just can't figure out how to build a team around these superstars. No, and it's funny when you watch them. And again, I'm not an Angels fan by any stretch of the imagination because, I mean, it's very difficult for us on the East Coast to watch those West Coast teams. But when you watch them, it's not a good baseball team. No, no. They, I mean, I'm amazed they just aren't pitching around Otani. Like, I honestly can't figure out why they're just not pitching around him and just putting him on because he's doing so much damage and he's the only one there. Now, and Trout, before he got hurt, Trout wasn't having that great of a season. He was, no. I mean, it was a good season, but pedestrian for a guy like Mike Trout. Well, speaking of disappointments, uh, the Mets currently sit 18 games behind the Braves for the first place in the NL East. This comes after they spent a half a billion dollars on free agents in the winter. And they have a record $353 million opening day payroll. That and the Padres went on a spending spree over the winter, too. And they're sitting in fourth place in the NL West at 41 and 46. They have the third highest payroll behind the Mets and the Yankees. So, uh, so much for spending and winning in, in Major League Baseball. Well, you got to spend smart. And and I will admit that the Padres are doing a lot worse than I expected. I, I kind of liked a lot of their moves. The Mets, if you go out and spend hundreds of million dollars of, on 40-year-old pitchers, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, father time is undefeated. We've talked about this so many times, and that's part of the reason we were so mad at what the, the Penguins did last year is they just got older. You know, you cannot continually double and triple down on age in sports. It's a young, every sport is to a greater or lesser extent a young man's game. Well, let's let's look at this more from the Pirates um perspective what would you say is your biggest story disappointment or surprise for them i think the biggest surprise for me is the way kutch has been playing that's I mean, what i had down too. really yeah. I, I mean he's for what he's what he's getting paid um again they they've talked i've heard several times on different radio shows you know players talking about his leadership you know and all that type that is those are intangibles that you just can't I mean, a team like the Pirates needs someone like Andrew McCutcheon. He's been really good for the fan base. Uh, my son, we've gone to several Pirate games. Uh, he's he just loves the fact that he's able to watch Andrew McCutcheon. I, you know, he's just he's associated with the Pirates. He's gonna retire a Pirate. I would imagine they're gonna keep him next year. Why wouldn't you for what you're paying him? I mean, he's he's doing just fine. Yeah, I kind of saw that signing as maybe a farewell tour. Yeah. Or, or a goodwill gesture to the fans, but really it was more of a baseball move. I mean, he's turned out to be a pretty good player for them this season. 
I, he has been. Um, and now the owner has come out and said he should be a pirate as long as he wants to be. So I, you can pretty much bet he, you can't trade him after you say something like that. You just can't. So he's not getting traded. But, you know, here again, I will caution you, Father Time. Yeah, it's been a wonderful story this year. But if you double down on it next year and you'd count on him to be the man, he might, I don't know. My biggest surprise, I think, has been Sawinski. I mean, he showed the power last year, but he's been more consistent. I mean, his, his on-base percentage is, is good. His slugging percentage is good. He's got the highest OPS on the team uh, by far, I might say. And he's hit a couple balls that are just absolute bombs. So, and, and I like the fact that they're, they're sticking with him. You know, they know they're not going to, at this point, probably make the playoffs. So let, let him stay in there against left-handers and get those at-bats and get that experience. For me, if you don't count Cruz's terrible slide, the biggest disappointment is Hayes. Hayes, First of all, he's getting injured all the time, which is scary. Yeah. And second of all, even when he's in there, he's still great defensively, but he, he can't hit. Nope. I mean, he gets hot every once in a while, but he, 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 for what he, you know, you signed that big contract. And this is, I think, why you have to be careful about big contracts. This is not looking like a great deal right now. Yeah, I, I'm concerned about him for sure. Um, Cruz getting hurt, of course, like you said, that's a big disappointment. One, one surprise, maybe, maybe not the biggest surprise, but. Uh, optimistic surprise is the play of Mitch Keller. And I think he's proved himself that he can be a top of the rotation guy. And, you know, with him and Skeens, that's, that's pretty, um, you know, exciting. Well, yeah. He's nine strikeouts away from a career high, which is pretty awesome. Like you mentioned Sawinski too. He, he's on pace for 35 home runs. Mm -hmm. The last guy to do that was Josh Bell. Right. So, and the pirates, I read this, they only had, they've only had um, seven players with 35 or more home runs in their franchise history, which is actually pretty hard to believe. But it's. I looked it up. I was like, "Holy cow, that's actually true." Um, yeah, th there's a lot of good things that they're doing down there. We've all been burned by the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't know. I, you know, in the, the uh, not to harp about Skeens again, but the Skeens pick really was a goodwill gesture. I think saying, "Hey, we're we're, we're looking to do some things moving forward, and that includes winning." But, and, and you mentioned about Keller, and it's not just that he has the good ERA. But all his underlying numbers are strong. I mean, he's second in the league in strikeouts, and that's wonderful. But, you know, his, his, his uh, ERA is 3.31. That's that's fine. He's got a fair number of innings. Batting average against is only 220. I mean, those are they're borderline ace numbers. Certainly a strong number, too. So you, you can win with guys like that. They, I read the projections before I, we came on. They said if he does exactly what he did in the first half of the season, he'll be fourth through sixth in the Cy Young voting. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. That's right. All right. So what sports stories caught our attention this week? When we return, we'll bring back upon further review. Stay with us as we continue on Connect FM. With the Tri-County Insider News Update, I'm Dan Kennard. Here's what's happening. A Jefferson County Foundation's pledge of $50,000 is creating an endowment at Penn State Dubois. The Sykesville-based Simcoe Foundation is establishing the Launchbox Endowment. Through a matching gifts program with Penn State, Simcoe Foundation's pledge doubles to $100,000 and will support the operational and programming needs of the North Central Pennsylvania Launchbox and Idea Lab at Penn State Dubois. The Launchbox supports local manufacturing competitiveness and workforce needs while growing and attracting entrepreneurs and innovators for the region. The Idea Lab offers students, faculty, staff, and members of the community like you the opportunity to utilize 3D printers and a commercial vinyl printer to create prototypes and marketing materials. 
Here we go again. The same old story. You ordered the part online. It's wrong when it arrives. The car is torn apart and then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment. The kids need to, you know the rest of the story. And you think you save money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Clymer. Dunlop Lawn Garden, your local Cub Cadet dealer, is ready for spring, and you should be too with Cub Cadet. Zero turns, lawn tractors, and walk-behind lawnmowers from Cub Cadet are engineered with premium features, leaving you with a well-manicured lawn. Head to your local Cub Cadet dealer, Dunlap Lawn and Garden, on the Mendenhall Road in Brookville, or Oklahoma Salem Road in Dubois. Exceptional offers, expert advice, and superior service. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Cloudy skies tonight with a chance for isolated thunderstorms. Lows level off around 64. Southerly winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Isolated thunderstorms likely tomorrow. Daytime highs approaching 86. Cloudy skies with a few peaks of sun. Isolated thunderstorms again tomorrow night. Lows level off around 64. Overcast skies. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 74. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. All right, another reason why I miss D is because we haven't been able to do our upon further reviews. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's fun because it's spontaneous. It's less for me to prepare. I'm not, you know, worried about a segment. Uh, so, you know what? I'm going to go first today because I love these little audio clips and I'm tired of talking baseball. So um, <laughs> I'm going to play a little clip for you and I'm going to get your reaction again here, guys. Any current intel on Eric Carlson coming off a brilliant season for San Jose last year? You know what I think is going on there, Stu? I, I still think it's two teams. I, I think it's Pittsburgh and Carolina. Like I said, Carolina seems to be in the middle of everything right now. I thought people were supposed to be on vacation. The Hurricanes are keeping us all working. Look, I, I think it's this. I think it's a bit of a poker game. I, I think that San Jose knows what Carolina is willing to do. I think they know what Pittsburgh is willing to do. I think both those two teams know what San Jose is willing to do. And I think right now it's – it's kind of a poker game. See, does anyone move or anyone change or does anyone's position change? You know, I think this will get done most likely to one of those two teams. Uh, I just think it's a situation right now where no one is 100% happy, so we're not there. And I think if we learn anything with the Brinkett, uh, somebody has to be willing to move to kind of change the, the whole pulse and where things stand. And so I think the question is going to be is, you know, who's willing to bend a little bit to get this done? All right, that was Elliot Friedman. He is probably the biggest insider in the NHL. So, guys, will Eric Carlson be in the Penguins' opening night lineup in October? Well, I'm. I'm you're I'm going to you're going to be surprised. At this I'm actually going to say yes. Wow. Um, I do think that it, it seems at this point like there's so much smoke that there must be some fire, and I do think that. Dubas probably wants to make a little bit of a splash. He made some minor splashes with with some of the moves he made, which we talked about before. But um, that is not me endorsing this move, and we'll get to that. But I do think it'll probably happen. 
Um, I don't know if it'll happen or not. Uh, none of us do, but I certainly hope it does. He had a, a resurgent year this year. I th- just for the power play alone, having him on that power play. Imagine that power play. Unbelievable, right? Well, it'd be nice to have a, a defenseman that can quarterback the power play. Yes. And some people say, well, what are you going to do with Latang? Why not move him over to the left wall? Where no, cut his Kessel, minutes. Don't put him out there. Well, when, well, that too. But if you do keep him on the power play, put him on the left wall, he can miss the net from there just as well as he can from the point. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I just think it'd be a lot of fun to have have someone like that that wants to come, wants to make a run for a cup. I, I, I think he could only help the Penguins. I can't imagine that steep of a drop-off for him. I mean, my goodness. You know, especially well, only playing, 33. Yeah. So come, I, That's yeah. young for the Penguins. Y- yes. Yeah. Well, I am endorsing that move, Dave. I really hope it happens. I think it'll make this team exciting and fun again. It reminds me of when they went out and got Phil Kessel. Yeah. I mean, you have the big three, but you add that one other star to the mix, and it completely changed the team. So please get us Eric Carlson. Well, I, you know I'm. And on I the know other you're going to bring this. up the minus 26. Well, yeah, minus isn't everything. Okay, right. it's not even that. And that was a bad team. Okay, but. He even at his prime, he was never a good defensive player, okay, ever. And twenty five. We talked about this a little bit last time. He had twenty five goals last year, one hundred one points, and that's that's wonderful. But he shot twelve percent. He ain't shooting twelve percent again in his career. Um, it's just not going to happen. So cut that goal total probably in half. He'll probably get a few, you know, quite a few assists, and and, and that's fine. But these minus totals. I mean, he's been minus, 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 minus that practically the whole time he, well, the whole time he's been in San Jose, and even back before that when he was in Ottawa, he's very rarely been a plus player. He's the the, the years before this, forty five. Let me make sure I get this right. Forty five, forty, twenty two, and thirty five points. Which of these things is not like the other? I'm telling you, we're buying high. I'll bet he doesn't even get to 65 points next year. And if he doesn't get 65 points, he is a liability if he's eating up 25 minutes a game. Well, just real quick on the plus minus, 21 of his minuses last year were when they had the extra attacker on the ice. So you take those away, he's minus five on a really bad team. And when he was on the ice, you know, it... How bad does your defense have to be to get 101 points and still be a minus 26? I mean... Look, he's a good player. And, and look, if you could get him for a third-round pick and he wasn't going to burn up all your cap space and you'd have to move a good player just to make him fit, sure. And look, I know San Jose's going to retain salary and, and all that stuff, but they're saying I don't know. They're not going to retain any salary. I just read that. The, just a little bit. Yeah, just know. a tiny little bit yeah. at all. It's, it, it, they basically, you're saying they don't want to retain what people think they're going to retain. So let's. Well, if we'll that, you know what? If we can find a make, way to make it happen without them retaining, then I like it more, ironically, because we probably won't have to give up a first-round draft pick. All right. Well, we. I don't want to monopolize all the time. We only have got about four minutes left in the segment. So, D, why don't you go next? Yeah, I just want to talk about those horrible all-star uniforms. Uh, from the, from, yeah, um, it's funny. I, I, one of my favorite things to do when I'm watching any of these games is watch on Twitter, and it's fun to see the comments from people. And Major League Baseball was getting absolutely wrecked about the All-Star uniforms. I, I get the theming of the colors. The hats were putrid. They were this weird shade of green. You, you couldn't hardly tell the team logos on them. They were just horrendous. Um, the Pacific Northwest, that's what the color scheme was for. They changed the all-star uniform in 2021 because they made a deal with Nike, and that was just to sell more jerseys. They need to go back to the individual team uniforms. Maybe have a special hat. Um, they did that in the, I mean, the Home Run Derby in the 90s, they had 
team uniforms. And, and strangely enough, the very first All-Star game, the National League had team uniforms and the American League actually had their own, um, I'm sorry, the National League had uh, just a team uniform, excuse me, and the American League had their individual uniforms. Uh, I just, I think it was a huge swing and a miss, no pun intended, for Major League Baseball. Uh, it's a it's a marquee event. You could you couldn't even tell the the players apart. It was a very strange watch. I, I hate to make it really boring radio, but I agree with everything he just said. I, there's not one point that I don't agree with. Yeah, I just heard somebody say that they were like Jiffy Lube outfits or it was something. Horrible. Yeah, they were just. I, it's one of those things. Like I'm a big hat guy. You got everybody makes fun of me because I was those those all star hats. You're gonna see those for sale for like. I mean, there'll be a fire. Nobody wants them. They, I mean, I've seen them in person. They just, it's, they're very odd. And for Major League Baseball to approve that, I just don't get it. If you look at all the other uh, teams, though, in leagues, the NHL has t- team uniforms. You know, the NBA has team uniforms. Yeah, the NFL, I mean, obviously they've changed the format, but they had team uniforms, obviously individual helmets. But MLB always stood out because it was cool, too, the representation of your city. It was always cool, even when there was only one pirate there that you oh there he is you know what i mean so i'd like to see him go back to that well we saved you about two minutes dave you know that, luckily i don't need too much time for this and even though we've talked a lot of baseball i have to spin back to that but i got to spin back to local baseball and it's a little bit of, of you know plugging what we're doing here all of us are involved in this in some way we've talked about it a little bit but think about what we've got going on guys we've got a really good u12 team going to sectionals we've got a a, a, a senior league team that based on what we saw last night and i was on the field umpiring it they look like they might win that tournament they're certainly a contender um i mean they almost no hit upper moreland and upper moreland is no slouch i mean that that was an impressive win for the local dubois squad and maybe their best player wasn't even there last night he's coming back from travel ball they're going to be even stronger tonight and tomorrow so my message is, folks, whether it's Little League, whether it's uh, D's U11 team, and you're following along with them at Senior League, and guys, you know, the biggest tournament of the year is coming here in August, and I'm going to be involved in that, and that's the Eastern Region for Junior League. 13- and 14-year-olds from all over the East Coast are going to be coming here. Umpires from all over the East Coast are going to be coming here. It, it, this place has become a baseball and softball mecca, and sometimes I think we just take it for granted. Last night, I stood on the field, and I was looking around. It's like, man, I can drive 600 yards down the road, and I'm, I'm umpiring in a state tournament here in Dubois. It's amazing. Yeah, it was a great atmosphere last night. Yeah, it's it's funny. I've gone to a lot of the games, and my son, obviously, he's very involved because he's playing in it, but it's nice to see the kids rooting for their friends, too, their younger ones, their older ones. It's nice to see the families all involved. Uh, there's you know, the 12U games. There's the 10U games. There's tents out there. There's banners. There's a whole lot of hype and hoopla, but it's a really special thing for these kids that are putting in the extra time, putting in the extra effort, and they do. I can speak from experience. You know, my son made it last year, and then he made the 11U team this year. And I know a lot of the kids from the 10U, 11U, and 12U, all of those kids, they all work very hard. The coaches, and there's a huge commitment from the parents as well. Um, I think the community as a whole does a very good job supporting, but it'd be great if, if you don't support it to go out and support these kids because they're all really trying their best. Yeah, it's free. Come out and look. And, and, and the one other thing I have to say, because it really has made an impression on me, in travel ball and these travel, these these glamour tournaments, you get a lot of attitude. You get coach attitude. You get parents attitude. It, it's not as much fun to umpire. What I've seen so far in these all-star, these little league and, and senior league all-star tournaments, man, there's been a lot of good sportsmanship. I mean, I haven't even seen a hint of anybody giving anybody a hard time. And, and I, it means a lot. It really does. 
All right, well, when we come back, we're going to get lost. Stay with us on Under Review. Here we go again. The same old story. You ordered the part online. It's wrong when it arrives. The car is torn apart, and then the fun begins, trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment. The kids need to, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Clymer. It's Brian Kilmeade. Do not miss Thursday's edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Jesse Waters will be talking about his new move to 8 o'clock. Dan Bielak will join us from Ukraine. How does he feel about not being queued up to join NATO and General Winnington? What's it like not being able to run an academy like he ran West Point as all the nominees are being held up now by Senator Tuberville? Don't miss a minute of Thursday's edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. 99.7-96.7 Connect FM. Pennsylvania deer hunters, no more mailing in pink envelopes for antlerless licenses. Resident hunters can now purchase an antlerless deer hunting license online at huntfish.pa.gov or at any statewide hunting license issuing agent. Non-residents are able to purchase beginning July 10th and DMAP licenses will be available beginning on August 14th. Visit pgc.pa.gov for all details or call 1-833-PGC-HUNT for more information. Thank you for being a Pennsylvania hunter. Paid for by the Pennsylvania Game Commission. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. All right, well, this is my favorite segment of the show. Hashtag get lost. It's nice to be back on the show, and it's nice to be back with Dave. Uh, it's good to Bob. have you back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it feels like it's been a little too long, and, and once All-Stars is over and everything, I'll, I believe me, I'll be here as often as I can. But um, uh, hashtag get lost because we got to wrap it up. Something I've been seeing a lot lately is a lot of guys living in the past. Hashtag get lost local legends living in the past. Guys, Glory Days was written for a reason from Bruce Springsteen, and some of the stuff I've been seeing and hearing from from people hashtag get lost to living in the past i wish i had that song queued up right <laughs> oh, now but that would be perfect well you know i think we're both treading on a little bit of thin ice here but i'm gonna say hashtag get lost to all this travel ball and not 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 just in baseball but especially in baseball you know it, it, it these these so much of this individual stuff going on. You know, I just praise the little league and the sportsmanship I see, but then I've seen a lot of travel ball where it just gets out of control. The costs are out of control. The travel's out of control and it's just burning good kids out, you know, and, and they're just, it's a lot of good, good players aren't interested anymore. Well, uh, we got a little extra time here, so I'm going to say hashtag get lost to the all-star game, period. I'm tired of all-star games in all sports. You know, White hot take. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't watch an inning of that game last night, and there's a reason for that. Did you watch the Home Run Derby? Because that's really No, I didn't even watch that. Hashtag get lost to so much speedball in the Home Run Derby. they got to slow that thing down. Get the kids out of the outfield, too, by the way. My goodness, that's terrible. Yeah, well, we uh, appreciate you guys being on with us tonight. Guys, it was good to have you back. Hopefully we'll be back next week. We'll see how the local teams do and and what happens with the schedule there. But I do want to remind you that we have our podcast available on connectradio.fm. We also have a brand new Twitter page, and we'd love to have you follow us on there at underreviewfm on Twitter. And then, we, of course, we have the Facebook page, too. So there's lots of ways to follow us. 
Guys, do you have anything to say before we get lost? Go do, boys. Go do, boys is right. All right, we'll see you again next week. Everybody take care.